I told my dad I would be fine that day. And it was the worst mistake I made that day. That and lying to myself saying nobody cared. Everyone cared. Everybody cared. When I travel around the world and I tell my story, one of the things I say is, how many of you, by a raise of hands, would have cared? Seeing 19-year-old me on that bridge, leaning over that rail, crying my tears to water flow, how many of you would have cared? Everyone raises their hands. When I say, if I said, I need help now, what would you do? Everybody says, help you. Yep. Ask and you shall receive. If the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth person you ask cannot empathize with your pain, keep going until you find one person willing to be there for you. By the probability, the number of people you turn to, someone will get your back. Because you're worth it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly Podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I'm a legendary leader in healing, claimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Friends, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. Today I have on Kevin Hines. Kevin is a suicide survivor and mental health advocate. At the age of 19, he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, a method of suicide attempt that has resulted in the death of thousands of people since the bridge was erected in 1937. Miraculously, Kevin is one of only 36 to survive, and in the almost 19 years since his nearly fatal try, he has become the link between the many mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, children, spouses, friends, and loved ones who have made similar attempts to put an end to their unimaginable suffering, some leaving those behind wondering why and what they could have done to help. This is such an inspiring and motivating conversation. Grab your journals. We dive into emotional, mental, physical, spiritual well-being. We talk about this one sea lion that had a direct impact on Kevin's life, nature healing, uh, the connection between animals humans and this work that we are also doing in this world. I want to remind you right now, we have 2023 retreats that are filling. I am running one with Michelle Mace Kieran, keynote speaker, former Thunderbird pilot. She was on my podcast, incredible small town, Wisconsin girl, super stoked about that. We are going to be diving into self-leadership, resilience, yes, business, uh, personal life, professional life. So stoked to be spending seven days with her and 16 clients on the Green River in Utah. It includes six weeks of weekly coaching. You will get to know the people within this group, this community, pre and post retreat, integrating all of what you are going to be learning. Think of it as like deep dive intensive 
um, from two people have lived it, walked it, and are now preaching it. I'm really excited about this because we're going to be touching on everything from imposter syndrome, leadership, resilience, um, breaking those molds, uh, breaking those barriers, stepping out of your comfort zone, using adventure and this adventurous life, right? Creating what it is that we want and how we choose to live. I also have, now that is April 30th through May 6th. Make sure that you uh, message me and let's get you in if this is something that you want to do. By the way, I don't think people understand this. Uh, If you have a business, you can actually, many people that I know use these um, as uh, write-offs because you are literally doing personal development leadership work and we are taking this into your world of business as well. So as long as that works for you, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not a tax accountant, I'm not any of that, then yes, I have had people that have used this and written it off within their business itself. We also have the Grand Canyon coming up in June. That is also co-ed. Really excited about this. They gave me another reservation, even though we thought the canyon was going to be stopping reservations. They opened it back up, contacted us and said, yes, we have a week for you. I believe that is the 4th through the 7th, 4th, 5th, 6th. Yes, I believe it's the 4th through the 7th. And so message me about that co-ed. We have in July, Alaska. We're going back to Alaska co-ed kayaking beside glaciers. This is going to be out of Whittier. I'm super stoked about this. Port William Sound is incredible. I've been doing these for the last two years. Love going back to Alaska every single time. This time we're staying in a really cool building that very few people get to stay in, in the town of Whittier itself. Uh, So that is also all-inclusive. We also have San Juan Mountains with myself and Florence Williams, best-selling author, The Nature Fix, many books, and her new book, Heartbreak, the paperback version just came out. That is in the San Juan Mountains in Colorado. That is a three-night stay in this beautiful, I don't know, they call it a cabin. I call it a retreat center. I mean, truly, it's <laughs> like nothing I had ever seen before. Uh, one beautiful space in the San Juans. We do hiking, forest bathing, uh, coaching energy work. It is really a deep dive into self and how you want to create the life that you love. So if any of these sound like something that you want to jump into, now is the time. Um, They are, they do fill up. So they do, we do have a limited number of people in each one. And so message me, Sarah at SarahSheltonKranz.com or send me a DM through LinkedIn uh, or let's see, what else am I on? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, not so much. So, you know, don't try to find me there. That said, I am here for you. We can jump into a call and see which one is the right fit for you. All are co-ed except for San Juan Mountains. That is women only. Okay. So let's now dive into Kevin. I mean, gosh, this is just, I actually have lost, uh, I have lost a dear friend to suicide. And so this conversation hit home for me in so many ways. Um, Through his story, Kevin has developed a connection of hope and courage between life and death for people caught in the pain of living with serious mental illness, difficult life experiences, and uh, more. His invigorating honesty, activism, and understanding of the complex surroundings that contribute to mental illness and suicide have aided those who have lived through the darkness of societal stigma and discrimination. So I really want all of you to listen to this and then go back and listen to it again. I would also love for you to share it because I think now more than ever, we have got to have this conversation 
of what it is to be healthy in all of the ways. It's mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health. We are a whole body system, my friends. And so when we are only concentrating or focusing on one area, we are missing all of the areas that actually make us a whole human being. It's not just one, it is all. And so I really, that is in everything, right? Including sharing this with other people so that we can make a whole society that is more healthy. So if you would please go into your social media, share this, tag me, please tag Kevin. We will share it in our social media, forward it to all of your friends, your colleagues, those people who could use it. And then also we are really working on getting this podcast into iHeartRadio and or some other platform. So if you could please go into Apple Podcasts, that is where it is most important. That said, so I'm told, I don't know. All platforms are important. Go in, rate, review these podcasts, please, this podcast episode, and have others do it as well. Give it a five stars if you love it. If you want to give it a four, I mean, I prefer a five myself, and so would all of those other people that are loving each and every one of these episodes too. Also go in and please give it a review. Write something about it. Tell me what you think. I do read all of them, and I do listen to everything that you have to say as well, because I am here in service of you. So with that, enjoy this episode. I love each and every one of you. And you know what? Put a smile on your face because you are one amazing human being. I love you. Kevin, it's my pleasure to have you here. So before you jumped on, I just want to let you know that I had a moment where I may have shed a tear or not, like just to even sit here with you is an honor and a pleasure for so many reasons that you don't know me. And I, you know, heard your story back in 2000. Uh, There's so much alignment in various things that I'm going to jump into. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I mean, in every respect, thank you for being here. Oh, wow. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be anywhere. Well, that's just it. Um, so can I? Can we just start diving? I want everybody to grab their journals because I have so much that I want to hit with you on just everything. Uh, I want to start with this. I remember where I was when I heard your story. And uh, and I want you to get into your story as soon as I share that something that I don't ever, ever talk about. This first time I actually brought up on a podcast back around the same time that what happened with you with jumping off the golden gate i had a really horrific nightmare one night and my nightmare do you believe in foreshadowing i i've heard of, uh, yeah I, I, a little bit I, I do sure uh where you just like you 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 have this connection with somebody but you don't really know how you have this connection with somebody yeah okay so this is where i'm going with this so i woke up in the middle of the night one night i uh, was married at the time and had 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 a dream that my husband was on a plane and it went right into the Golden Gate Bridge. And I woke up in the middle of the night, literally screaming and crying in a panic about this. Like, did he did he die? Is he here? What happened? Is this real? Is this not? And the foreshadowing is that so much of my trauma had actually started. This, I was living in Wisconsin at the time that I had this nightmare. So much of my trauma actually happened in California, uh, just outside in San Francisco, like outside of San Francisco, when I moved there. And at that same time, I heard your story and what it had happened, uh, what which I would like you to go into. 
And so then I went through all of my own trauma, my mental health. I had, you know, experiences with whales and dolphins that helped to really heal my own trauma from the inside and helped to work through not only my mental health, but also my emotional, physical, spiritual health. And then full circle, I interview Mark Golston on my podcast and you come into conversation and I'm like, I, I want to have this conversation with him that was pinned, pegged, foreshadowed back in 2000. And so I'm just really blessed to have you here. Thank I'm you. So blessed to have you here. And how life paths cross and how things happen, it's just, it's just always amazing to me. So I want you to dive in and tell us a little bit about you, your story, and because uh, just in case people don't know who you are. Well, absolutely. And plenty of people don't know. Millions and millions of people, billions of people don't know. So um, I uh, I live with bipolar depression. Uh, uh, it's the very same brain disease that both of my biological parents had before me. So I was genetically predisposed twice. Hmm. My biological parents, after they had me and my brother, succumbed to substance use disorder, drugs, and alcohol. And they would end up passing on because of it. That and, and brain pain, terrible brain pain, what, what, what we all call mental illness. Right. And they have brain diseases, just like I do. And uh, in the year 2000, because of bipolar depression and because of things like extreme paranoid delusions, hallucinations, both auditory and visual, panic attacks where my heart was palpitating, I thought I was having a heart attack on a regular basis because I wasn't educated uh, or aware of what, it, what else it could be. All these things were happening and transpiring. But I had gotten great at silencing my pain. Mm. I gotten really good at burying the truth of the matter to the people around me. Now, they knew I was unwell. They knew I needed help. I was in care at, at 19. So from 17 to 19, I'm in therapeutic care, taking psychiatric meds. Um, but I wasn't taking them adequately. I was taking them one day and not the next seven days and not for seven days or while binge drinking until blackout on the weekends on psychotropic meds, which could have ended me. But I wasn't trying to get higher, feel a buzz. I was trying to stop the voices in my head. At 19, I couldn't handle it anymore. The devastating pain and despair had become, you know, too much weight on my shoulders. I couldn't bear it. And I always ask people, what is the one, I'm going to ask you, and I want you to answer, what is the one thing you want to happen when you find yourself in excruciating physical pain? What do you want that pain to do? I want it to go away. Yeah. I want it to go away. And the typical answer for people all around the world is stop, go away, or end. That's physical pain. Brain pain is 300,000 times worse than physical pain. Partially because 
nobody accepts it as legitimate. Hmm. And people of all walks of life invalidate your pain because they can't see it. So people in my life invalidated my pain, not everybody. And there were certainly some great folks in my life who backed me up. But there was a lot of people that that didn't comprehend it and were like, what is wrong with that guy? There were a lot of friends I thought were true friends that disappeared forever. And there were a lot of other people that circled around and made sure I was safe to the best of their ability. But then I really got into a dark place in September of the year 2000 at 19. And I felt I could not share that darkness with anyone for fear they would lock me up in a white-walled padded room and throw away the key. So I white-knuckled it. And I told myself the greatest lie I've ever said to myself, which was, Kevin, absolutely nobody cares. Couldn't have been the furthest thing from the truth. Everybody cared. Nobody knew. Right. And on September 25th, I made my way out to the bridge you see behind me. And after a certain scenario, I leapt off trying to end my life. I didn't want to die. I believed I had to. And those are two categorically different things. I believed I had no other option. What I teach today all around the world to people who come from every single walk of life, every kind of background, there are other options. And there is a way to fight to stay here. And that suicide is never the solution to your problem because it is the problem. And that no matter your circle, whether it's tight or afar, or whether you have a, a, a great network or, or, or a lack thereof, that no matter those factors, you are valued, loved, worthy, and you matter. And that just because you are thinking of suicide, that doesn't mean you have to act on those thoughts. Your thoughts do not have to become your actions. They can simply be your thoughts. And the techniques I use to stay alive while I live with chronic thoughts of suicide after I did what I did are twofold. Every single time I'm suicidal, which is often, I say my thoughts do not have to become my actions. They are simply my thoughts. And then I turn to anyone in front of me, whether I know them from Adam or not, and I say four very simple but truly effective words. I need help now. Mm. And and I and it's not always the first person that's going to get my back or the, even the fourth. But by the sheer probability of the number of people I turn to in 22 years of living with chronic thoughts of suicide, someone has always been willing to help keep me safe. Because I open my mouth I don't sit in silence anymore, and I tell my truth. Honestly, usually it's my wife or someone close to me, but if I am without them, 
if I am at a speech in front of 5,000 people, I will stop the speech and say, you know what, guys, I'm having this thought. What do you, and guess what? When I say I need help now in front of 5,000 people, they say, how can we help you? And I've kept safe for 22 years by being honest. The truth shall set you free. I get to be I get to be here every day. I get to exist past what I did in the year 2000 which kills 99.9% of people in the last 87 years of that bridge being opened. 99.9% of the people that have leapt off the Golden Gate Bridge are no longer here. I get to be here. And I believe in getting to be here that I have to try, just try to help as many beautiful human beings realize their true potential as possible. And everything that you said is exactly why I do what I do. People don't always understand it. And yet I know that the ones that are hearing the message is landing in their heart for their own healing and what they need. The truth shall set you free. Yeah. It's so powerful. There's so many areas that I want to dive in with you. Let's start with, you mentioned the, gosh, there were so many things. You mentioned the two pillars, the two categories. Can we go back to that? The two categories that you mentioned uh, and dive into those. What is the difference between the two of them so that people understand this? I did not want to die by suicide. I believed I had to. And so all around the world, we have people who are in such lethal emotional pain, they believe they have to die by their hands because they believe that the pain is never going to, 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 to leave them. It's never going to end. It's just going to be this painful for the rest of their lives. And let's be clear and honest. There are people in the world who are in such destitute situations that they're in perpetual pain. Let's mm -hmm. not deny that. There are people in the world, like I live with chronic physical pain. It's it's excruciating. But I've made a decision not to, not to take my life because of it. But there are people out there that are so tired of the pain that they believe they have to end their life. But they think they want to. They don't necessarily want to. It's a trick of the mind. It's really about perception and perspective. If you perceive your pain to be all-encompassing and you believe you're never going get, to get through it, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or otherwise, or all of the above, then you can't see a life lived with happiness or joy. I have a tremendous capacity for joy. Frankly, I always have. It comes from my mom, Debbie Hines, who adopted me, made me her son, and was the most optimistic woman on the face of the planet. Um, you know, her glass was never half empty or half full. It was always toppling over with optimism. <laughs> you know, if, if you had a bad day, she would sing, K Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be. Oh, my Spanish. mom used to sing that song. She would <laughs> sing every line until it drove you bananas. But you know what? You, you, you learn, at least I learned over time, I'm not sure my brother and sister did, but I learned over time 
that I could be optimistic in the darkest of my hours. I lost that optimism that she gave me when I stood atop the bridge looking down. I lost that optimism when I leapt off that bridge to try to take my life. I found the optimism on the way down. I prayed to God that I would live. I hit the water. I go down 70 feet. I make my way to the service. Eventually, I shattered my T12L1, L2 lower vertebrae into shards like glass, missed severing my spinal cord by two millimeters. A sea lion kept me afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind me. I mean, you can't write this stuff. No, you can't. One of the foremost back surgeons on the West Coast, Dr. Jonathan Levin, who I just reunited with recently, which is incredible, came full circle. One of the foremost uh, back surgeons on the West Coast, he, he, he performed a surgery on me, to my understanding, that was the first and only of its particular kind. He invented it for my situation, saving me the ability to stand, walk, and run. Of the 30, no, now 40 Golden Gate Bridge Jump survivors, of the 40 Golden Gate Bridge Jump survivors in 87 years, that bridge being open and thousands of deaths, only five of us get to stand, walk, and run. They call us the most exclusive survivors club in the planet. There's a book of the same name by Ben Sherwood. That's why I say I get to be here. Yeah. That's why I say getting to be here is a privilege and a gift, no matter the pain you're in, because I've lived it. And people question that. They're like, well, you know, you must be fine now. No, I'm not fine. No. I'm not recovered. I'm in recovery every day like one would be from substance use disorder. I fight to be well. I wake up at six. I meditate. I go downstairs to my gym. I exercise. I go upstairs. I have my oatmeal with flaxseed and, and, and quinoa. And a, and a touch of honey. Mm. And then I go to work. You know, I, I, I create, <clears throat> I make videos for people that reach as many as I can. And people say those videos save their life. I create positive media to affect change in someone who is going through pain, just like we're doing right now. Yes. And, and, you know, um, I feel like I'm going to do that to the day I die of natural causes. Yes. And people have said to me, Kevin, how can you, with chronic suicidal thoughts, how can you say you're never going to take your life? Because I have made a cognitive decision to fight every day. Every day, I am going to fight to be here tomorrow. One day at a time. And every day, so far, I've won that fight. Can I just say that I'm really proud of you? I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but can I just say that I'm really proud of you? Truly. Uh, this has been my, this has become my practice too, through my own trauma recovery. Like my practice is, is my healthcare. It's my mental health care. That's why I pencil in going into the mountains every year because we're onto the ocean and paddling with whales and dolphins because that's, that is my mental health. Like that's how I actually get through everything. And I'm really proud of you. Like, thank you for being you and for stepping into the space. You know, uh, I'm lucky I get to, so. Yeah. All I can say. How do you, when people are, so I have, um, uh, I have a lot of friends that deal with some really 
deep mental health uh, issues as well. When you were at that place, how do you shift that story, that perspective? What was that first step that you had to take to to shift and, and reframe and to step into this powerful space that you're in? Where you just know, like you know, like you know, that every day this is the way that you're going to live. What is that very first step that somebody can take that's on that edge where they're literally like standing on the edge of that golden gate, whatever or whatever space it is, wanting it to go away? So if you're in that space right now and you're in a world of pain and you believe that pain's never going to end, stop, take a breath, take 10 more. In order to fight to be well, you have to hold gratitude inside the pain so you can be resilient from it. If you don't hold gratitude inside the pain, it will defeat you because it's all encompassing and you believe it's the only thing there and you are lost. You have to reel yourself back in and you have to say, no matter what I've been through, no matter what I'm going through, no, no matter what I will go through, I will survive. Instead of playing in your mind the notion that you are the victim, even if you are, even if you are literally a victim of something, someone, some, somewhere, take the mindset that I am no victim, I am the hero of my journey, and I will survive this even if you're going through abuse or neglect right now. Abusive power in warring governments uh, or abusive, uh, abusive father, abusive mother, um, abusive sibling, whatever the situation is. Take their power away from you. Reel yourself in, center yourself, say, I will get through this. There will be another side. I will get out of this abusive household. I will get up out of this abusive country. I will find the light at the end of the tunnel because even if I haven't reached it, I just haven't walked far enough to get there. It's there. The hope exists. I have to sometimes create the hope from, from nothing, from a spark of belief. Believe in yourself. Believe in the human condition. Believe that there are people that will love you. Believe that you are beautiful just as you are. Believe that you are 1,000 times greater than the worst thing you've ever done. Hmm. And fight to always survive your pain, no matter what it is, how long it's been going on, or even if it's going on right now. So I have this space that I call you when you are a victim, because you're like, we're all victims of something, right? Like, People are going to live through stuff. You're going to live through more stuff in your life. I'm going to live through more stuff in mine. That's the human experience. And there was a gentleman that I met on top of Mir Pass when I was on a very long backcountry trek. And we got into this conversation about what it is to be a victim and how when we are a victim, we're still surviving. We're, we are surviving, right? But then that power of taking what it is to be a victim and to step into what it is then to be a survivor of our consequences, the things that are happening for us. And then the beauty is in taking all of that 
and actually stepping into the survive into the thriver space. What is it to actually thrive from your greatest, most difficult experiences? If it's your mental health, if it's emotional, if it's pain that you know people have been putting onto you, whatever it is. And it's just so fascinating to have read your story back in 2000 and now to sit here with you and have you speak in this way, right? Like so powerfully in how you have transformed all of this into what you do today. Do you ever have people that look at you or that say to you, okay, yeah, Kevin, but that's you. Yeah. I have people that say, I can't translate what you've been to my story. And it's not going to, it's not going to ring for everyone. It's not going to, not everyone's going to connect in that way. Um, I am trying to be that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, Hey, I survived a world of pain from, from being born into abject poverty from living in and out of crack motels in the beginning of my life, from being fed Kool-Aid, Coca-Cola, and sour milk as my first bit of nutritional value, right? I went from that to being adopted by a beautiful family after a a, a whirlwind in foster care. All that trauma, nine on the ACE exam, adverse childhood experiences. And then I went and I lived this great childhood adolescence because Pat and Debbie Hines saved my life. But then at 17, my brain broke. And then at 19, I nearly died. And instead of disappearing into the wilderness, or instead of staying silent in my pain forever, a path opened up for me to to share my story with the world. Yep. And that has been one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. Because I didn't, I didn't make that path. Two clergymen suggested that path. Hmm. And then one of them opened a the door to living that path. And in that first keynote I ever gave in front of 127th eighth grade kids, I thought to myself, who is this helping? What am I doing? Why did I come here? What a waste of their time. And then two weeks later from that keynote, I got 120 letters from 120 kids about their appreciation for my words. Six of those kids wrote about their active suicidal crisis. We got them the help they were needing. They're alive today. Two of them are therapists. Among other things, amongst other things, this is my purpose. Yeah. My purpose is to be a good husband to my wife. It was to be a good father to my dog, Max, before he passed away, kidney failure. It was to be a great nephew to my great uncle, Kevin Joseph Ryan, who would come to every psych ward stay with comic books, conversation, and a cup of soup. And it's to be a great son to my mom and dad, Pat and Debbie Hines, and a great son to my late mom and dad, Marcia and Martino, my birth parents, even though I never really got to meet them. They met me when I was a baby. I don't remember meeting them. And they died tragically, both of them. And I'm not going to leave this earth that way. I hope that these messages that I get to share via media or in person in the keynote or over a letter from someone in social media who's going in, is having pain, I hope they reach them. I hope they help them. I hope they guide them to a better place. I'm not saving anybody. 
Mm-hmm. Even though hundreds of thousands of people literally have written to me to say that, that this story saved their life. I'm not saving anybody. I'm a conduit. Yes. I give a mess. I give a message. People go home. They do the work. They're yeah. saving their own lives. They just they just give me credit. Well, it, don't take it, don't put the power where the power is. Like it starts with us, right? Like I, I used to say that to my former therapist. I had one person. She said to me, "You need to be taking this work out into the world because this world needs this work." Okay, and I would say to her, "Look, look at what you've done. Like you've saved my life." And she always sat with me and she said, "I didn't do jack shit." You saved your own life. You're the one that stepped into it. I was simply giving you the conduit, the vessel of, hey, the idea of the world could use this. And yeah. that's that that's that that triumph over the trauma that we sit in, right? That we experience. I hope that when you, every single time that you share this story, every single time that you go to the world and that you do this, that even if people are saying my story isn't your story, there's always, always some bit of a thread between every single one of us, even if our stories are not alike. Yeah, There's something because we're all in this human experience together. Right. And so that's what I hope. And and we're all meant to be here until our natural end, never to dab our hands. Yeah. That's not your purpose. You weren't born in this world one in 400 trillion of a chance to be born into this world to take your life by your hands. That's not why we're here. That's something that has become an option because of people who have done it before us. Right. All the way back to the dawn of human history. Right. You know, we, we, we have an opportunity, you and I, people in the suicide prevention space, uh, people in brain and mental health have an opportunity uh, to change the narrative. And I always say, even even the, the the notion of this idea of calling it mental, it's a negative connotation to the word all by itself. Who in their right mind, watching or listening right now, wants to be labeled mental? Right. No one. No one will raise their hand when you ask that question. Let's call it what it is. These are brain diseases. This is brain health. Frankly, it's just health, as First Lady Rosalind Carter said 70 years ago. Your brain brain is the single most powerful organ you wield. It's mostly on automatic mode. Controls every action, inaction you take, decision, indecision. For lack of a better way of saying it, if your brain is malfunctioning, there goes the rest of you. And people invalidate brain pain because they can't see it. Right. If we could just get every well citizen of the world, every citizen that is doing great, brain health stable, if we could get them to accept brain health issues as real, we call it stigma. That's too light of a word. We don't call racism, bigotry, and prejudice stigma. We call it racism, bigotry, and prejudice. Let's call it what it is when people put down those with brain health issues. Discrimination. Mm-hmm. This is one of the this is one of the civil rights movements of our time. Mm-hmm. Right, here, right now, absolutely is. The discrimination against those who struggle with brain pain. 
snap out of it, get over it, move on, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's all in your head. Well, you're damn right it's in my head. That's where my brain is. And so to shift that narrative, we need more people to think along these lines. And that's why a podcast like this is so important. Yeah. Because we can share with the world and hope that someone takes it to heart and then changes their behavior toward others. Yeah. You probably don't know any of my story, but I will say that when I went through some major freaking trauma that turned my life upside down and experienced complex PTSD to the point that I didn't know what side was up and what side was down. And I thought about taking my life and smashing my car into the side of the 405, like make all this pain go away. This hurts too much. Right. And to have people sit there, which I had happen and make it seem as though I was going crazy. I was actually labeled crazy, by the way. I was actually labeled crazy. You're crazy. She's a crazy one. She, she, she's like literally a crazy one. That's what they told my former therapist when she went to go meet with me the very first time. And to have somebody say that when what you're going through is one of the most traumatic experiences where you literally, like I look back on myself And I sit there really questioning, how did I survive that? Yeah. Because it was devastating. And then to find out years later that when I searched for help, literally, Kevin, like I searched for help. I was, I was making phone calls upon phone calls. Somebody help me. I need help. And yet nobody knew what I was going through. And I didn't feel like I could say, tell anybody what I was going through. That's why I always say the truth will set you free, right? The truth will always set you free. You need to tell people what you're going through. And I didn't feel like I could because nobody would understand. Yeah. And so when I reached out for the help and nobody was on the other line and I'm sitting there like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do here? I'm a mom of three kids. I'm sitting here alone, feeling like I'm deserted on an island And yet then when they finally do come to help me and they sit there and say, you know, call me crazy. Well, what do you know? You're just the crazy one. It's devastating. And my whole thing is you are not crazy. You are not crazy. And this things happen to us, right? Like I was experiencing major trauma brain to the point that I didn't even know who I was or what was right up and what was down. And it was awful the feelings and the thoughts and the the rumination that was going on in my brain. And I have so much compassion for anyone that is in that space because it sucks. It freaking sucks. It freaking sucks. I want to talk about, I want to get to that place of you jump off that bridge and you pray and you realize that's not what you wanted to do. And you land into the water and what happens? After I resurfaced, I couldn't stay above the water. I kept going down. And that's when something began circling beneath me, bumping me up. And I thought it was a shark. It's just- I was freaking out. I can only imagine. I said, I didn't die jumping off the corner. The shark is going to eat me. Perfect. (laughs) It turned out to be a sea lion. 
and it kept me afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind me. <sighs> this creature that didn't even speak my language spoke my language. Uh-huh. Understood exactly what I needed in that moment and was there for me like no human was that day. I want to be clear. My dad tried to help me, but I didn't let him in that morning. And and I, I, I fooled my dad. I told my dad I would be fine that day. And it was the worst mistake I made that day. That and lying to myself saying nobody cared. Everyone cared. Everybody cared. When I travel around the world and I tell my story, one of the things I say is how many of you by a raise of hands would have cared? Uh-huh. Seeing 19-year-old me on that bridge, leaning over that rail, crying my tears to waters below, how many of you would have cared? Everyone raises their hands. When I say, if I said, I need help now, what would you do? Everybody says, help you. Yep. Ask and you shall receive. If the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth person you ask cannot empathize with your pain, keep going until you find one person willing to be there for you. By the probability, the number of people you turn to, someone will get your back. Yeah. Because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. You know, and my biggest lesson through all of this is to speak your truth. If I would have been able to speak my truth back when I was asking for help and explaining to them what I needed, I think that things would have shifted a little bit. And, you know, and, and here's the other thing, you know, I, there are people you have to keep asking, you have to go until you find that person. Yeah. And, uh, so you had a so a sea lion. So I've had whales and dolphins literally, I call it speak to me. And when I've been on my paddleboard, crying my tears and just feeling like nobody gets it. And I've literally had whales and dolphins come up literally right next to my board and turn. I had a whale one time where I was having a really it was in my tra- first part of my trauma recovery. And I was on my paddleboard about two and a half miles out from shore. And this whale came out of nowhere. And he flipped, she, don't know, flipped and just sat there. And I looked into the eye of this whale and had a conversation. Truly does happen. Okay. When I I read your story, when I was really diving into your story, I'm like, look at that, a sea lion. You know, the thing is, is that we're all connected. We are. All connected. And it's the most beautiful act when you can accept the fact that we are all connected have awareness around that and also allow yourself to receive that connection from animals as well right there's a a symbiotic connection between humans and nature that's why we call it human nature (laughs) you know there's a connection and and it's and it's a symbiosis and it's it's beautiful if you allow it to be you know there are there are cheetahs that have saved babies uh, there, there are tigers that have saved uh, humans. There are dolphins that have saved humans from sharks. Mm-hmm. There are sharks that have saved humans, actually. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is all very, uh, 
It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful world we live in if we allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the sea lion comes up, keeps pushing you to the surface, and then what happens? Like I just like, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever just look out at the sea lions and and just sit there going, which one were you? Which one? So, so, so my father and I went back to the bridge a year later to the date of my anniversary, the attempt, the date of the attempt on my anniversary, 2001, September 25th. We went out to the Golden Gate Bridge. I dropped a pur- purple tulip over the rail. It wafted down very slowly. It hit the water, made a tiniest ripple effects, and two feet to the right popped up a sea lion. Stop it. Now, yeah. I did not know this part of the story. Yeah, I named him Herbert. What? Wait, what did you, I was going to, what, what did you name him? Herbert. Herbert. Okay. It's my that, favorite name besides Kevin. I was going to ask you. I was like, did you name him? Oh, my gosh. And do you believe it was that one? Oh, you know, I, I'm not going to speculate there. You know, there are a million sea lions in that area. But I will tell you the the, the catharsis of that situation and the symbolism at the very least was absolutely undeniable. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Two feet to the right, as soon as the wa- the flower hit the water, sea lion popped up. Yeah. We are so connected in every way with everything. Yeah, and we are. It is, really? it is one of the most beautiful, beautiful parts about living when we can actually sit in the awe and the wonder of that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same one. Who knows? You, you know? You don't know. It could very well be. Hey, look, if if I had died that day, let's play this out. If I had died that day, I wouldn't have met the love of my life, Margaret Hines, my best friend, who's helped save my life countless times since since that time. Uh, I wouldn't have seen my great uncle, who helped save my life countless times through the rest of his journey in life after before he died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, I wouldn't have had my dog Max who was my emotional support animal who I would take to gigs and people loved him. Sharpay, all those wrinkles are just like my dad. I wouldn't have had my dad be the best man at my wedding and there was no other choice. All, all my friends were upset. You know, <laughs> uh, you know all, I wouldn't have seen these beautiful, uh, this trajectory of my existence wouldn't have happened. And more importantly, I wouldn't have found myself concretely based in my faith. Mm. And and thanking God for every moment of this existence. And the last thing I wouldn't have had is I wouldn't have had all of these opportunities to try and help other people. That is why we are here. Yes. For all the evil in the world, all the politics, all the bullshit, all the hate, forget about it. It's a waste of your time. We are here to do one thing, to give back to those we know, those we love, those we don't know from Adam, and those we don't even like. Yep. What we are not here to do is hurt each other or damage each other with our words or our actions. And it happens all over the world every single day. We're not meant to be at war with each other, country to country, state to state. We're not meant to be at war with each other, person to person. 
we're not meant to hurt each other. We're meant to help each other. If we could recognize that, we could all make this world a better place. 100%. 100%. Thank you. So I have a couple of questions for you. For those people that are wondering, what are the signs for us to look for when there is somebody that is contemplating suicide, taking their life, having suicide take their life? I, I can tell you the signs I showed. But I will also be frank with you and say there are a lot of people that are hiding so well their pain that they're not showing the signs I showed. But I gave away all my prized possessions. I uh, I talked with certain people about wanting to not be here anymore and hating this life. Uh, I stopped sleeping and I stopped eating. Those were my signs. Drastic changes in personal behavior are signs. You've got to connect that to the person you're dealing with. So if the person is frugal and doesn't spend any money, uh, puts it all in the bank, and they start spending all their money on, on frivolous stuff, that's a sign. Uh -huh. If someone is a heavy eater and, and food is their passion, they love cooking, and they stop cooking, and they stop eating, sign. If someone sleeps really well at night but has begins to deal with insomnia, sign. So you got to think about these kinds of things based on the person you're dealing with. When somebody reaches out to you, what is it that you would give some tips, some different ideas, some different sure. thoughts on how people can help those people? Sure, sure. So one thing I love to say is let's get into the three E's. Okay. Education eating healthily, exercise. Educate yourself and the people around you about your particular diagnosis so you can survive it. Eat anti-inflammatory foods for the most of your day if you have the ability and the opportunity to do so. Not everybody does. Some people live in food deserts and have so little income they can't afford uh, the healthier types of food, which we have to recognize and be aware of. Uh, and then exercise if you're physically capable. So many people are not. We have to be also I'm very wary about that. But the people that have the ability to get to the ground and get to work, do it. 23 minutes of rigorous exercise. This is 12 hours of better mood. Do that twice a day like I do. 12 hour, uh, 24 hours of better mood, right? So uh, those are the three E's. Those are just three things you can do right now. You can go to youtube.com slash Kevin Hines. Go to the Art of Wellness 2.0 video. A 17-minute video that if you follow to a T, will change your life. People from around the world, thousands of people from around the world have written to me and said that by following this program that I wrote for myself with a psychologist that I wrote for myself in my third psych ward stay to better balance my brain health, a regimen and routine to stabilize, regimen and routine are the most, most prudent ways to change your brain health for, for the long term. Right. So And so I built this routine. I follow it. I follow it every day without fail. When I have gone off the routine, I go right back into a psych ward. When I follow a routine, which I am right now and have for so, some time now, I see a tremendous impact on my brain and mental health. I see people from all around the world, Peru, Africa, China, Japan, Canada, UK, Ireland, everywhere, saying that they follow this routine every day. And in six to nine months of following it, they see a dramatic improvement in their brain health. 
The problem is people don't want to do the work. So this was what I was also going to get into. They don't want to do the work. They, 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 they want that uberification of their wellness right now. They want that one pill, that one hack. They want it all to change right away. You have to put in the work. On that same YouTube channel is a playlist that has 36 videos called Mental Health Hacks. 36 different things besides the 10 steps in the Art of Wellness 2.0. 36 other things you can do every day or mix in through the week to better balance your brain health. Take them. They're free. They're yours. Stop whining about what you're not, what you don't have. Stop complaining about who you aren't and build a better you now. It is up to you. Look, I know it's not easy for people who are going through psychosis. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, step by step, you can improve your life one day at a time. And giving you the tools, what are you waiting for? Right. Has Do you feel like it's gotten easier for you by chance? Or is it just like a way of living? Is it just it's just like, a lifestyle. It's a it's lifestyle. A lifestyle, yeah. It's a lifestyle. I, I choose to, you know, I call it a fight for a reason because it is. Right. Right. A lot of days I wake up and I don't want to go downstairs and work out for 23 minutes, but I do it at least six times a week now. There's a lot of days uh, I, I, I want to, you know, go eat a five guys burger, which yeah. I love. They're fantastic. <laughs> I just I just don't do it all the time now, you know? Right. When I was eating mostly inflammatory foods all day, every day, my skin was inflamed. Um, my, my, my gut was messed up. I, I was... I was mentally and emotionally unsound. When I changed that, not look, I have the foods that, that taste so good, but they're not good for you, right? I have them. I don't restrict my eating. I just have it once in a while. And most other days, I'm eating these great nutrient-dense, you know, from the ground or from lean meats and lean vegetables and lean, lean proteins. You know, I have those meals now for most of the day. And I feel great because I'm giving my body and my brain the nutrients it deserves and needs. And when you do that, when you, when you, when you learn and educate yourself about gut to brain health and how your gut microbiome houses all of your body and brain serotonin affecting your mental health. And if you're eating only processed foods, like I was from birth, I was mentally ill from the very beginning. And so I had to, I had to come out of that, uh, that terrible routine into a good one. You're retraining yourself. Retraining my brain, retraining everything. My brain, retraining it's my everything. Mind. And the whole night, the whole night. It, it is really hard at first. That's what I was asking. Is it got it easier? Is it gets it easier. Hard. Like it just, it's one of those things that you, it's kind of like, you know, when I go do my thing that I need to do for myself, it's not always easy. I don't always want to do it, but I got to go do it. And do it, it gets yeah. easier. Yeah. I'm not asking you to go take my 10 steps and do them all tomorrow. Right, exactly. Just take the first step. Take one of the steps. One first step. Implement it into your daily life. Do it every day for a month. See how you feel. You will feel better. You will feel better. Take the next step the next month. Master that. You will feel two times better. All the way to the 10th step. It's incredible. Some people have called me an elitist for, for, for giving an idea of these 
proven, formulated techniques that are science-backed, evidence-informed. I'm not bringing anything new and special to the table. These are things that have been around for thousands of years. I just knew how to harness them and use them to provide better brain health. And if you have the ability, go for it. If you don't have the ability, if you don't have the money to buy the anti-inflammatory foods, then you work tirelessly until you do. If you don't have the physical capability to do the exercise, then you meditate your mind into peace. There are things you can always do. So call me whatever words or whatever names you want to. I know this stuff works. And I know thousands of people who write to me who say, thank you for helping them do the same. I just freaking love you. It's about the freaking choices. Love. Thank you. It's about the choices. I freaking we've- love you. Like I just, you just like go right in, which is what I love. I just, I love that. I love that. No beating around the bush. It's just like this is it. This is it. No, no, no bullshit. Let's let's no tell bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time, uh, yeah. even though I could sit here for like ten more hours and have this conversation with you because there's just there always is more. Would you come back on at some point if you yeah. know? Awesome. Awesome. The work always like, well, the work always evolves too, right? Like that's, that's the cool thing. Right. And so as your work also continues to evolve and you as evolve as a human, I would love to have you back on and continue the conversation because it's important. Is there anything that you would like to leave with the listeners that you have not as of yet? Cause that was like, my dad listens to my podcast now, by the way, he didn't even know I had a podcast. This is what's hilarious. I had my dad on my podcast and he was like, you have a podcast? I said, dad, like, where have you been? And then I, I showed him my podcast and he has been like binging on all of these. (laughs) And now he messages me. He's like, so right now I'm on the one with Samantha Harris. And this is like really good. You take little steps and those little steps go into big steps. And I'm like, dad, oh my gosh, I love you. And I wish that I would have, like, I wish I would have known that you didn't know this. Right. So this is what I'm sure he's going to like go back into and take notes on. So there's a lot here. Is there anything else that you would like to leave with our listeners? Well, first of all, hi, Sarah's dad. What's your dad's name? (laughs) Jim. Jim, you're you're a phenomenal man because you got a wonderful daughter. So thank you. Um, you. uh, I want to say to all the people out there uh, struggling right now with their brain pain who are considering suicide, take it, take, Take a few moments, take 30 deep breaths mm-hmm. in four seconds through your nose, out six to eight seconds, pursed lips like a whistle, but no sound. Look in the mirror. Say these words. You are beautiful just as you are. You are meant to be here until your natural end. Suicide is never the solution to your problem. It is the problem. You're a thousand times greater than the worst thing you've ever done. Stay here. Be here tomorrow and every single day after that. Life is worth living. My perception is my reality. If I perceive my life to be good, that is what it will become. I love you. Stay. If you are 
acutely in danger of suicide? Dial or text 988 or text CNQR to 741741, the crisis text line. If you're international, go to suicide.org and find a lifeline in your country. Ending your life doesn't end the pain. It just transfers to all of those left who loved you. I've never gone to a funeral that nobody showed up to. You're loved. Remember that. Own that. Live it. I'm so, on behalf of all of the listeners right now, I am so blessed and honored to know you, to now call you my friend, and to have you sitting here in this space with all of us, literally with all of us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Of course. Of course. Thank you for transforming all of that, everything that you have walked through into this. And you have some amazing parents, by the way, as well. Oh, they're phenomenal. Both sets. Yeah, I I just my mom just passed away in July and oh. she's she's here right now. I can actually hear her. It's very it's very cool to just know that, you know, she's here in a in an angelic form and uh she's proud of you too. Thank you. You're welcome. Where can people find you? At Kevin Hines Story on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh LinkedIn. Um uh, youtube.com slash Kevin Hines, 640 plus videos. We add some every couple of days, all designed to better your brain health. Um, and then the Hindsights podcast. Yes. H-I-N-E-S-I-G-H-T-S podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. Awesome. Thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you, Sarah. Take care. Thank you. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to sarahschultencrans.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.